We have this topic about the decision by Manchin, who is a pivotal Democrat senator in the US, who has veto powers. He is the most powerful man in the United States of America in regards to legislation. And his power comes from his unique position as a conservative Democrat. Someone coming from a conservative state, which is Western Virginia, who espouses conservative ideas to the extent that you might feel perplexed whether he is a Democrat or a conservative. Of course, the Democratic Party is happy to embrace someone who votes with its ranks on major party issues, but they have been rather frustrated in the past two years since they have the majority in all the three major offices the presidency, Biden being the president of the United States, and a majority, though flimsy, for the time being, in the U.S. House of Representatives, and a 50-50 split of power with <clears throat> the Republicans. But of course, the Democrats have the upper hand when Kamala Harris, the vice president, votes with the Democrats when there is a 50-50 split of votes but she can only intervene when there is a split of votes and that deems that all the u.s democratic senators take a single solid stance but not so with Manchin swaying back and forth on a number of issues and most significant of which is the huge progressive agenda that has been embraced by Joe Biden and the Democratic leaders in the first few months of Biden's presidency. It was called a number of names. First, the major infrastructure bill when it was rejected by Manchin and Sinema, which is another U.S. senator from another conservative state. Though she is less portrayed by the media and she's less outspoken about her position, but Mnuchin and Sinema both of them rejected the extremely progressive agenda. It had a number of provisions and would have cost up to $6 trillion to be enforced. It would have changed the face of America socially and environmentally. There were a number of provisions that would have risen the lower rank of the society, the disadvantaged, the minorities, and the deprived areas by providing them bonuses and jobs to elevate them and provide social care for their children and for the elderlies so that women and unprivileged people could have a chance of socially elevating but as i've said it would have cost trillions of dollars and of course there was that controversial turning the tide against traditional forms of energy by outphasing carbon-based fuels so that by 2050 the United States would be carbon neutral for a huge big country almost a continent in itself like the United States that would have been hugely costly but of course the life of our generation and the future generations depend on living in a healthy environment. And that's not going to happen 
with the huge climate changes that we are witnessing year after year with the soaring of temperature in many areas around the world, even in traditionally cool and mild weathered areas like Canada and Northern Europe. Proof Earth has risen by 1.5 Celsius and is expected to reach 2 and that would cause a multitude of problems like higher sea level, uh, torrential rains, storms that plague the United States starting late August. All those environmental hazards are driven by the increased temperature of the earth produced by the increased consumption of fuel. The Western world were the leaders of producing carbon dioxide and leading to the greenhouse effect for the past almost two centuries. But then came China and India demanding their own share in progress. And with manufacturing going a long way in the past few years in these two countries, the greenhouse effect has exacerbated the effects on climate all over the world. In 2015, under Obama, there was the Paris Agreement, but not everyone was happy with it, particularly nations like India. And the step came from back home in the United States, where the energy sector is very, very powerful, not only due to its money and business, but due to the fact that many people have their livelihood dependent on the energy sector working or getting used to cheap energy. And that cannot happen with renewable energy. That's so far has been very hard to be harnessed. We can extract energy from the sun and the wind, but storing it is a huge challenge and current batteries and storage systems are not enough. That's why a big rush to the age of clean energy cannot be accomplished easily and conservative commentators all over the United States not only flirt with people's fear about increasing inflation and the price of goods, but also with their lifestyles. The Americans love driving. They are not dependent on central transportation systems like trains or transit systems. Americans pride themselves in driving cars. America is vast and no system can connect every spot of America. And on this very issue, Manchin is siding with the majority of the Americans, the conservative Americans, or even the liberal Americans who are used to cheap prices. The problem is that after refusing the initial grand plan almost a year ago, Manchin had been stalling for some time, asking for watered-down legislation, and that had already happened. The social security provisions for the poor were pulled away, and many provisions for the environmental cause were also pushed away or scaled back. Even the Democrats approved a major coal project in his state to appease him and appease his voters. But now, out of the blue, a spokesperson in Manchin's office said that he is going to say no to every progressive point in the Build Back Better. He will disagree on any environmental provision. And then came the shock that he will also refuse all or any tax increases 
on the rich. And that was expected to bring about 200 billion to fund Mehdi. The only thing that Putin decided to agree upon was to lower the cost of prescription drugs, which is incredibly something that has been missing in the United States for decades. Drug companies in the United States have leeway in deciding the prices of the drugs. But with the new legislation, Medicare will serve as a single negotiator with the drug companies. Therefore, will have the power to control the drug prices, which will be more or less tied with the inflation. The other point that Manchin agreed upon would be renewing the subsidies for Medicare for another two years. Understandably, these are two issues that voters in his state, particularly the middle class and the lower class, would approve of and would accept readily. And Manchin's office or spokesperson came with the reasons for why he reviews the points related to the environmental issues or the taxes. They said that they related to the huge unrelenting increase in inflation and by spending more on the environment and the climate agenda, that would mean more federal spending and more federal spending, of course, means more inflation. A very popular opinion in the United States nowadays is that the huge handouts that were given to the Americans during the pandemic years in 2020 and 2021 contributed a huge deal to this current inflation. And of course, the other reason is that Manchin's state is a coal state and his constituents would oppose any legislation that may affect their livelihoods. And I also have the opinion that Manchin is refusing any progressive agenda, despite the progressive Democrats who have for the past two years been making a devil out of him for being a ploy of the conservatives of the Republican Party. And as expected, the response of the majority of the Democratic Party is one of shock. There is grief over missing a once in a generation opportunity to make landmark legislation to change the shape of America, to usher the United States into the 21st century. There's of course anger for stabbing the establishment with his refusal after having them stalled for months. And of course there is anger because climate minded people fear that we are going to reach a point where any corrections would have very few, if any, effect on the climate change. Our planet may turn to be an unhospitable place for the human race itself. And that is an opinion that's backed by facts of the changing shape of the world during the past few years, not only floods and droughts all over the world and record temperatures in India and Asia and even in North America, but also effects on soil and the probability that we could grow food that could sustain the 7 billion plus people on this planet. And there is of course anger in the Democratic Party for his refusal to increase taxes on the rich. And that anger is hugely justified because it was the position of Manchin himself to increase taxing on the rich. But most probably he took this position because he feared that that revenue 
gets directed into the environmental cause. Another cause for disappointment would be, of course, the dissatisfaction of their voters. The party leaders would want to present some achievement to the voters before the 2022 midterm elections. Now they have nothing to satisfy their constituents. And so they don't expect them to be motivated to go to the polls once and with the flimsy lead in the House of Representatives and for the 50-50 position in the Senate, the Democrats have bleak outlook in the upcoming midterm elections. And that's something to be expected in a party which is basically a coalition of different groups with disparate opinions and objectives. Some are minorities, some are, and they don't agree on any one opinion. Some of them are pro-Israel, some are antagonistic. The only thing that united them in 2020 was the heat of Donald Trump. The Democratic Party lacks an energetic, charismatic leader, someone that can represent the party and be the face of it, someone with the Trump persona or President Johnson in the 60s. They need someone who rallies the people energetically, driving them to the polls. What's happening in the Democratic Party is something that old philosophers like Aristotle hated about democracy because too much democracy is chaos. Countries can be run only by productive, useful democracy. Democracy that is driven by informed voters that pursues a prioritized agenda and is being led by an intelligentsia or intellectuals who are well-versed in bureaucracy, who know how things actually go on the ground. And I say intellectuals well-versed in bureaucracy, not bureaucrats who look smart and intelligent. Nations should be led by intellectuals with real-life experiences, elected officials in and out of government, not college professors with bright ideas, but not necessarily applicable. And that's unfortunately not happening in the Democratic Party, the party with the most intelligent, forward-thinking, progressive people in the United States of America. Anyhow, that's it for today. If you liked this episode, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. If you have any opinion, you can drop it in the comment section on YouTube or on Facebook. Thanks for listening and catch you on the next one. Goodbye.